one of the major takeaways I took away from this. Oh no. What? I really, really never want to go hang gliding. No. It doesn't go great in this episode. No. <laughs> Why does anybody do that stuff? I don't know. The don't outside's know. weird. <laughs> Jillian Pensavale. Patrick Hines. Ba-da-da. before we get to the show yeah. you guys were going on tour wait we are <laughs> oh wait we totally are so ticket update you guys we're sold out in a lot of cities but we're trying to size up our venues we're, we're doing what we can to get everybody in so yeah. in DC you guys we have moved to a theater twice the size of our original venue so our first run in DC sold out in like a day these tickets are going really fast too if you already have tickets nothing changes for you except for the location right and if you don't have your tickets get them now before we sell out again you guys it's the the show we're doing with Rabia and Susan, we're covering HBO's The Case Against Adnan Syed. Mm-hmm. It's going to be crazy. Yes. We've got a handful of tickets left in San Francisco. Go to truecrimeobsessed.com, click on the CS Live link. Girl, Lady Pates, we are, I mean, we are in the don't F with cats vibe right now. Look, we if there was we almost had a mutiny on our hands if it's we true. didn't do I don't know. F with cats. Mm-hmm. But you guys, it's over 100 full bonus episodes to download right this second. It's our episode by episode coverage of like The Jinx, Lacey Peterson, The Staircase. Um, the OJ series. Making a Murderer, Lorena. Madeline McCann, Lacey Peterson. Lacey Peterson, it's, it, you guys, there's... There's so much stuff there. As we've been saying, week after week, RIP your phone storage. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, look, it's really, you guys wanted wanted the, the extra stuff. We're giving it to you. We Sorry are, about your phone. I saw somebody in the Facebook group actually asking, how much storage do you need on your phone to download all the episodes? A little hyperbolic, you guys. Just a little bit of hyperbole happening here. Just head on over to truecrimeobsessed.com. Click on the Patreon link. There's so much. Yeah. After parties. Our website is so great that you click on the link and then you go exactly where the link says you need to be. That's true. It, it, and it is a form of sorcery that I don't understand. Yeah, it's like HTML. I know that you and Damien are behind it. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I can't. I've, I've already said too much. <laughs> about today. We're talking about the Source family. Did you catch the tagline on the poster? No. God has a rock band. Okay. <laughs> and it's not a good one. Yeah. It's not like Journey. You know, wait a second. What? I love Journey. Wheel in the sky keeps on turning. You okay, can't- but I also worked in a karaoke bar, so if I hear Don't Stop Believing one more time. <laughs> You guys, don't do Don't Stop Believing at karaoke. No one wants to hear it. Everyone's heard it 15 times that night. Don't do Meatloaf. Don't do Bon Jovi. Those are some some hard and fast rules. Wow. Real karaoke people will tell you. You don't do this shit. You will come again, won't you? Oh, yeah. You've always been here. Yeah, I'm the father you all wanted. Never thought you had. But you do have. He shot airplanes out of the sky. He killed people. He was a millionaire multiple times. He could kick anybody's. No, this sounds insane. But I saw lightning bolts coming out of his ears. I was a hundred percent yes. It was an embrace of God and rock and roll. The day that he came home and announced that he was going to have more than one woman, I said, "I think you're a dirty old man on a lust trip." We knew we were part of a dramatic social adventure. We were hounded by building inspectors, health inspectors, child services. Within 24 hours, they were shooting bullets through the house. We really thought Armageddon was coming. If you wanted to create a sort of archetype of the ultimate early 70s spiritual cult, you could do no better than the source. Girl, 
Do you want to get us started? Yeah, I just have, and we're singing. We're singing, you guys. <laughs> and we're singing. <laughs> All you gotta know is who you are. Ultimate I feel like there's a lot of Bikram parallels to this. A ton of Bikram parallels, a ton of holy hell, uh-huh. wild, wild country. Yeah. This guy, it's like a close-up of this cult leader's face. I was like, is this Mr. Source? Like, who is he? <laughs> and it's like, there are going to be some goddamn hippies, right. wild, wild country. But this guy is such a hack. Like, yeah. everything he did, he stole from somebody else. Even uh-huh. his music. Like, uh-huh. he's, the entire soundtrack is the Source family band. Is that right? Yes. I have it no fewer than eight times. I fucking hate the music in this documentary. Right, but basically... He's just doing a Jim Morrison impression. Yes, yes. It's just like every psychedelic band in the 60s. He's like, I'll do that now. And like, just what, like, he, he like rips a page from Charles Manson's book, which I don't support and well, of endorse. Course. It's just a fact. Yeah. Like, he just stole from everybody. Let me just say at the top, I want to go on record and say I really enjoyed this movie. Right. And mostly because I thought I, I'm not like a cult person and the trailer made it look like it was going to be this really weird thing. And it's not. It's like a traditional storytelling style documentary. And I really liked it. Yeah. I also have TikTok Rolls Royce O'Clock. Another thing, Rolls Royce. <laughs> Why do they all have Rolls Royces? Because it's a power thing. It's so weird. It's so weird. You know what? Another thing that's just not original, his name is Jim Baker. I know. <laughs> Paging Tammy Faye. <laughs> So it starts, this is at first where I was like, come on, Doc, really get uh-huh. it together, documentary. Uh-huh. I don't know why it annoyed me so much, uh-huh. but here's what bothered me. Okay. <laughs> it was just a slow zoom on Jim Baker's face, like a picture of him. A still. And all of these people talking. Oh my God, I know. But we couldn't see anybody. I know. And it made me feel like, like so, like I wanted to rip my skin off. I was so annoyed by it. And uh-huh. I don't know why <laughs> that is, mm-hmm. but I was really bothered by it. And you don't see who says this. <laughs> but someone says, and I know this sounds insane, but I saw lightning bolts coming out of his ears. I want to know who that was. Probably ISIS, right? They all have like the craziest cult names too. Crazy, but also not like Jim Baker. <laughs> he was not good at this. He was a bad guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a lot of shit about him I don't like, but he just wasn't good at this. It, yes, I, I couldn't agree more. So the first person that we meet, I just have him as writer Eric. Yeah, I have in my notes, finally a person. Right, Because exactly. I was so annoyed at the, the audio montage. And he, he's a social historian. Right, and he's telling us that like, look, when it comes to cults in the 60s, the Soros family is the poster child. Yeah, because it was... It was like late 60s, early 70s, and he's like, this is peak 70s California cult. Yes. Like, you can't get more 70s California cult than this. It was almost like a surreal expression of all these peculiar currents that were in this particular time and place. Health food, a mixture of Eastern and Western mysticism, a kind of high hedonic style. They transformed sex, drugs, and rock and roll into a genuine religious formation. And then we start to meet the family. Right. We meet so many people. I wrote all of their names. They're all bolded. I have all the details. <laughs> you can tell who still thinks like that was that boss, was the man. Time. Yeah. That was it, man. Like, we really did it, man. And then some people who were like, never want to go back there. It was an experience I had by, ha- by the way they introduced themselves. Yes. When he's like, in the family, I was known as Omni. The Aquarian. I'm Omni the Aquarian. He's still in it. If they're like, hi, my name is Nancy Fisher. Uh, I used to be known as Electra. Then you know they're over it. 
you learn very quickly who's still in it and who's like, I'll tell you this crazy story, but like, I pay my insurance, I pay my taxes now. I like have a four door car. <laughs> then we meet Damien Paul. My name's Damien Paul, also known as Yahoa number three. Yahoa number three? Ouch. <laughs> Ouch, Damien. Yahoa number three or whatever is Can coming. Can you imagine? Like, way to find your individualistic side in some cults. You're Yahoa number three. Hey, Yahoa number three. <laughs> is the gluten free bread ready? Zinaru, another person. <laughs> My name is Harvest Moon Aquarian, yet another person. Octavius Aquarian, Jin Aquarian, Orbit. Right. And he goes, and I was named Orbit. Orbit the Aquarian. Gosh, you got such a great name, and I got a dorky name, Orbit. I was named Orbit. Right. <laughs> And he's with Electra, and they're together yeah. present day. And Orbit thinks his name is Dorky. I think Orbit's a cool name. Orbit definitely thinks he's the Steve Urkel of the Source family. My name's Orbit. He says it in that way, and I'm like, no, like Orbit's cool. But also, like they're old now, and Electra, his wife, is still super foxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just looks like matinee Santa. Right. You know. Galaxy. We yeah. meet electricity. We meet. We meet electricity. We meet Isis. Isis. She we is. meet Isis Aquarian. She's a person. It's not Isis. Isis. No. It's fair. What? What if in the middle of this documentary we met like actual like Isis. Isis? No, no, no. It's not. So just separate. You'll hear her. And she says she goes Isis Aquarian. I feel that that's my energy more than Charlene Peters. That name is more my energy than Charlene Peters, and I'm like, your poor parents didn't think so. Charlene Peters. Um, you guys, we are only doing cult documentaries going forward. If Jillian is going to be this on fire. Then we meet Magus. Okay, where are we at Magus? We're at Magus. We meet this guy, Magus, who all we know is that he got kicked out of Harvard for being interested in experimentation, to which I said, I'm listening. I'm a very curious person. Anything that seemed interesting to me, I pursued. It was 1965, and I was at Harvard. There was a pretty... Phenomenal time. I was interested in experimentations, and I actually wound up getting kicked out of there the following year. At the time, there was the anti-Vietnam movement. There was the civil rights movement. And I was starting to get interested in the spiritual movement. Right. He was very curious. <laughs> uh -huh. There are a lot of words there. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of words supported by him, like, being in photos with young, attractive men. Right. Talk to me, Magus. <laughs> Magus. So Magus drove out to California, and he stops at the Source restaurant. This was on the Sunset Strip. Yes. And it was, like, a really big happening restaurant in L.A. Yeah. It was apparently, like, one of the first organic whole food restaurants like in California. Like vegetarian food. Yeah. And you can understand how, like, in L.A. in the 60s, like, that would be, like, a big deal. Right. We'll get into how big. Yes. In just a minute. I know. So he's like, all of these beautiful young women were all around. And I'm like, oh, my God, we get it. Like, the women are the ones who go fishing and get the dumb guys to be in the cults. Like, we've been through this 800 times. And one of them is like, oh, my God, you have to come eat father. And I'm I like, uh, barf. So Magus is like, totally. Yeah. Climbs up a ladder. In the restaurant, you guys. They literally go to, like, an upstairs room. It's in the attic. It's the attic. He meets the guy who's the father, this Jim Baker guy. And I'm like. Is this also where they keep the like the to-go containers? Right, health department. Whoa. I know. But he's like, I met this guy. Yeah. And he's like, you know, from all of my readings, <laughs> I learned one thing. When you meet a guru, you kiss their feet. So I did. He just looked like the sort the ultimate guru father figure. 
And the only thing that I could think of is that if you're in front of a guru, you kiss their feet. And so I bent over and I kissed his toes. He like literally says, I kissed his toes. That was so annoying. It was so, it was very graphic. I really didn't like that he said it like that. Really was like wow, but then this Jim Baker guy goes. He looked down at me and he said, "Far fucking out." Far fucking out. Yeah. And I'm like, that translates to me as like, holy shit, this dude buys it. I don't even have to say anything. Exactly. Great. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's take him. Isn't it also like just a restaurant? Like, do they say to everybody like, you must come meet Father now? No, I think I'm sure this Magus guy was like, so what have you been reading? Right. You know, you and know, the it's, girl you know the is type. Like, he looks dumb and rich. Get him up the ladder. And up he went. <laughs> So there's all this talk about how like misguided kids just need a father figure. And then in the same breath, they're like, he could kick anybody's ass. This is true, actually. And he was a millionaire and he shot planes out of the sky. I'm like, okay, I know. can we I know. have a seat and really dive in? And yeah. the documentary is like, yes, girl, we most certainly can. <laughs> so we learn about like the history of Jim Baker. So we meet this woman, Patricia Bragg, and we find out that like Jim didn't have a dad. So Jim really idolized her dad and her dad, according to Patricia, invented health food. Right. And my father was Paul Bragg, the originator of health food stores. And dad and he, they would go hiking. They talked everything over. And my father was so proud of Jim Baker. Patricia's also dressed like she's going to the Kentucky Derby, (laughs) but we can just go right past that. That hat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here's where it also gets a little bickramy yeah, to me. I know exactly what you're going to say. At age 12, Jim Baker was voted the world's strongest boy. <laughs> and I'm like, no, he wasn't. <laughs> like, what even is that? Right. This is very Bikram. Yeah. And then, you know, he lived through World War II. He did hand-to-hand combat. And then Patricia goes. And you know, he was 6'4", so handsome. He had a charisma. The women. Oh, the women. Did they love him? The women. Oh, the women. They loved him. Oh, the women. I'm like, Patricia, are you one of those women? She for sure is. And then he was like a legendary restaurateur in Hollywood. He owned all of these restaurants, the Aware Inn. Yeah. He had opened the Aware Inn restaurant on Sunset Boulevard, which was one of the first natural food restaurants in the United States. The Discovery Inn, the Old World Restaurant. And And I'll say they've got like old footage of all of these restaurants and I fucking love that. I googled them all. You did? Yeah, they're all legit and it's like a whole big deal. Bobby Klein, my new best friend, uh, was the manager at the Old World Restaurant. (laughs) Bobby Klein is not here for your shit, his shit, or my shit. Oh yeah, especially Jim Baker's shit. Like Jim Baker's at the top of like... Shit he's not here for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you. (laughs) So Bobby Klein's like, hey... uh, Well, I was at the Old World. I worked there as the manager during the time that uh, Jim had gone to jail. Prison already? Okay. And we learn that he killed two guys with his bare hands. He like karate chopped them to death. Their words, not mine. Here's an excerpt from a newspaper. Oh my God. That they froze on. Mm-hmm. In 1955, Baker, an ex-Marine judo expert, <laughs> reportedly used judo chops. <laughs> To kill a man who had attacked him with a knife. Baker was acquitted in that slang. And I'm like, in that slang or in that slang? (laughs) We don't know. But he does go to jail. Because in 1963, he kills somebody else. With a gun. No, he karate chopped him to the throat. (laughs) 
Oh my god! Yeah, in a love triangle with this TV actress and oh. her husband, who was the club owner. Yes. And we don't know the details, but we do know that he quote karate chops <laughs> him to the throat and kills this person. Can you imagine getting a lethal karate chop to the throat? No. Oh my god! How? I know. <laughs> and then suddenly it's like, oh yeah, and he also robbed between like two and eleven banks, and I'm like, wait oh. a second. Father told us everything about his life, no matter how ugly. He told us all about the bank robberies that funded the where-in and the source. We think he robbed anywhere between 2 and 11 banks. Number one, that's a wide range. It's a weird 2 and 11? <laughs> Just say like a handful of that. Like 2 and 11. Where did these numbers come from? No more than 11, though. What? So then suddenly Jim meets a French woman named Dora Mm -hmm. and we get this audio of him speaking in the third person, which you know I have no (laughs) patience for. Can you imagine when Jim Baker fell in love at the age of 43 with that little hippie, 19 years old, what it did to his head? I wanted to know what's going on with these flower children. And there I was, miserable, alcoholic, lots of money, bored to death with it all. And he started smoking a lot of weed and doing acid. And we learned that he was 40 and she was 19. Yeah. There's a lot of age shit in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is like a major turning point for him. Like This is where he starts doing a lot of those black beauties. Exactly. They actually say black beauties. And he's like, yeah, really fucked my mind up. Right? And I'm like, I know. And the whole thing about this. So he was like one of the most successful restaurateurs in Hollywood. He gets so fucked up on LSD and black beauties for so many days at a time. The investors have to step into his restaurant and kick him out. He ran that place into the ground. They were saying he would like go into the cash register at the end of the night and just take all the cash. And that manager's like, girl, there wouldn't be any money to open the restaurant the next morning. Yeah. So April 1st, 1969, Jim opens the Source Restaurant. Right. So it's that like super fancy vegetarian spot on Sunset Boulevard. It was super successful. They said at one point it was making more money per square foot than any restaurant in the country. Yeah. And there's a lot of footage and photos from this time here. Because it's like was famous. Celebrities loved it. And they had the best salads ever. I mean, that was incredible food, and all the people were, like, gorgeous. Come to the source for good food. You could be in there, and, and there was Goldie Hawn. It's like, okay, whatever. Although we were very aware that she was sitting there eating her Joni Mitchell. Goldie Hawn? Steve McQueen? We get the story where Steve McQueen shows up and he's like, oh, you guys aren't open yet? And the guy's like, he's here so often. We're like, just go into the kitchen and make yourself a sandwich. Steve McQueen, bullet. Why don't you go back there? What? Joni Mitchell, Donald Sutherland, Harrison Ford, Jane Fonda, John Lennon, and Yoko. You guys, they filmed the scene from Annie Hall there. I know. You see like Dirtbag, what's his name? I don't know. Uh... (laughs) I don't know her gift. What's that little pipsqueak's Woody name? Allen. Woody Allen. Little pipsqueak Woody Allen trying to order like alfalfa sprouts. And like eye rolling at the menu. Like right. what the fuck is this? I'm going to I'm gonna have the alfalfa sprouts and uh, a plate of mashed yeast. So then writer Eric is back and we're like, okay, this is clearly leaning cultish. And sure. writer Eric decides he wants to like clear up for us once and for all how cults came to be. And basically he's telling us that like drugs and the civil unrest of the late 60s led to a lot of confusion and soul searching in the early 70s. You have from the mid 60s on this kind of unraveling of conventional social modes. You have psychedelics entering in and rewriting people's minds. All of the political tensions of the time lead to this explosive Dionysian energy. Leads to a lot of very puzzled, very confused, very lost people. When you hit the early 70s, and indeed things are are starting to spiral down the toilet, 
people start searching big time, which is why so many people turn to intense forms of religious and spiritual practice. Like, which seems know. to make a lot of sense. We've watched 100 documentaries. <laughs> 116 to be exact. Yes. But like, I guess if this is like your first documentary. Yeah, I guess that's true. And so the point is like a lot of people wanted to clean themselves out, right? So that's why they were drawn to this like healthy eating, clean living. And they look to the source restaurant for all of this. Yeah. And then we meet, I don't know what, I guess she goes by Nancy now, but she's like. (laughs) My name is Nancy Hirsch and I was heaven. I was 12 years old and living in Los Angeles. And I would sneak out after school and just go to the source and work. My name is Nancy Hirsch. Uh, I was heaven in the source cult. 12 fucking years old. I don't understand this. Where are your fucking parents? It was the 60s. Like, honestly, like, there were no phones. Like, she would sneak over after school and be like, Mom, I'm studying, and 12 years old, and be working at the source. Yeah, and she's got a journey stick with her. Oh, my God. Then we meet Robin Baker, who a lot of these women are described as beautiful. She, like, really is. Yeah, well, now, Jim Baker is married to Robin. How right. old is she? Wait for it. All of us together, everybody? Robin was 19 years old at the time. Just absolutely, incredibly beautiful spiritual soul. Nine. He's 40. But we meet Robin. Like, Robin is one of our narrators, which I was shocked about. I love, I feel for Robin very much. Well, so Robin was very sick, and Robin's going to be with us, like, throughout, but she was very sick at this point in her life, and he puts Robin on this, like, strict, like, health food diet, and it, like, cures her. It, like, saved her life. So she feels indebted to him. Yeah. I never experienced love in my life like I did with Jim Baker. He opened me up to a world that was filled with light and love and protection and consciousness. He was my knight in shining armor. And so then, like, Jim meets this yogi that he becomes obsessed with, and this yogi had a garage full of Rolls Royces. So one day, out of the clear blue sky, Jim Baker's like, you know what? I want to be a spiritual leader, too. I want to get me one of those Rolls Royces. So he sits down with 19-year-old Robin, and they make their own Ten Commandments for the Age of Aquarius. He began to become the earthly spiritual father. We decided to pick the best out of every religion, philosophy, theology, and turn it into the foundation of our spiritual family. So I'm not going to read all Ten Commandments, but there are a couple that we need to shout out because (laughs) they don't last very long. Spoiler. Um, This whole, like, love your earthly spiritual father more than yourself. I'm not going to love you, you creep. I'm not going to love you more than I love me. I'm so sorry about that. You're a fucking creep. Not going to do it. Number three is harm not one of your body parts either by neglect, food, drink, or knife. Uh Uh-huh. But LSD is totally fair game. It's chemical. Six, the man and his woman are one. Let nothing separate them. That's a big one. We're going to come back to it. Also very, like, gender conform, like, weird. One mil- There's a whole lot of talk of one man, one woman. Which is such bullshit. Yeah, which, Magus, remember he got thrown out of college for being confused? And curious. And curious. More right? curious. I, I might have put confused in his mouth. Maybe I was thinking. No, he, he said experiment. He was, like, very into experimenting, and he was curious. Mm-hmm. So he starts with these, like, meditation classes every Sunday at the Source restaurant. Oh, my where it's God. like, so now there's, like, bare foot and sweaty people in a restaurant like I, I just where's the health department I know, I know. I'm, you guys I swear to god I'm not like a total wet blanket all the time but you watch this documentary uh-huh. and you see those pictures and you see if you want heaven's thumb in your alfalfa sprout salad you tell me okay I'm not crazy here Robin put a blackboard in front of the restaurant and wrote this Sunday at 11 a.m. Jim Baker will give a class in meditation. 
don't be late, exclamation point. And I thought, hmm, meditation, I've always wanted to try that. So I came that very first Sunday, and I was not on LSD, but I had quite a spiritual experience. So then the first meditation, it's like, you can do anything you want in life as long as you're kind. And I'm like, see, that's how it starts. I doesn't sound so bad, right? Healthy eating. Everyone's nice. Just uh-huh. be nice to everybody. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, is like now, so the Sunday meditations becomes like a thing and we start seeing a lot of video and pictures. Yep. They are all wearing the same clothes. That flowy white number. Where do they get that from? Probably some some little store run by like Marla. Marla. And she's like, oh, my God. Marigold. <laughs> right. <laughs> you need how many of those white flowy pantsuits? Yeah. We're uh, going to need about 80 of those Marigolds. <laughs> give or take, because I'm going to send all the pretty girls out fishing on the Sunset <laughs> Strip for men to come. And that's exactly what happens. Just keep that sewing machine warmed up, Marigold. Come on, Marigolds. That's why I get paid for this. No. (laughs) This is a cult. Everyone just gives and gives and gives. Oh, my God. So Bobby, the restaurant manager, is back. Yes. And he's like, oh, and get this. We couldn't call him Jim anymore. Yeah, because he's not in the cult. Right. He's just a he's just a guy who works at a restaurant. He's trying to keep this restaurant that's a cash cow, right. by the way, <laughs> up and running. Right. So he's like, get this. And Jim insisted that. He didn't call him Jim anymore. People didn't know him. I mean, come on. Father Yod, give me a break. Yod, give me a break. Father Yod, come on, give me a break. He's like, Yod, Yod, whatever it is. So now they all move into the mother house in March of 1972. So the thing is, like, this is, so it's like, I start keeping a cult checklist, and one of them is, like, basically taking your money. He's saying to them, look, you're all paying rent all over the city. We all want to be together all the time. Let's all move into a house together. That's called isolation. Yes, absolutely. And he finds this, like, mansion that was owned by the rich family that started the LA Times, and they all move in. And so Robin, the 19-year-old wife, yeah. Was their mother. I know. I think that I had always longed to be part of a really close family where everybody just loved each other. So I had all these brothers and sisters, and I had a father, and I had a mother. Robin, his wife, was our mother. People would just show up, and you didn't know much about their backgrounds. People could have shown up there that were on witness protection programs or something like that, and you could just disappear into this group. And then there were like people would show up and just we never really knew anything about them. They could be a witness protection for all we know. How about that? What a great idea. There's definitely a Sister Act sequel in there somewhere. Yes. Yeah, let's make it a trilogy. Totally. Let's make Sister Act a trilogy. And then Isis is like, yeah, you know, I was hanging out with Rob Reiner and Richard Dreyfus up in Laurel Canyon. So this woman, Isis, this is where we really start to get her story. When I hit L.A., I ended up hanging out um, in this household where Rob Reiner and Richard Dreyfus lived in Laurel Canyon. And I met this very famous rock photographer, Ron Raffelli. And that was the start of a three-year love affair that was very intense. Ron Raffelli. Ron, do you know who he is? Yes. He, so he's like a famous rock photographer. Every like album cover from this era, basically he did. Like he was working with every big band at the time and photographing them for photo shoots or press stuff or album covers or whatever. So this woman, Isis, is his girlfriend. They fall madly in love. They, they get engaged. engaged yeah. yeah. And he says like, hey, I need a bunch of like Jesuses for a photo a shoot. Jesuses. Yeah. Jesuses. And so she's like, oh, I know this weird cult down the street. They've got that fun restaurant that we like. And I'll, I'll go there and see if I can get some of those weird guys that stink to come be Jesuses in your shoot. So she goes there, asks for Jim Baker. You guys. And I said, is Jim Baker here? So out comes this man. And I just looked at him and I just went, oh my God. 
And he just gave me a big hug. He just said, welcome, welcome home. She's like, and I was down for the count. I was it. <laughs> she like leaves the super rich, famous photographer. The thing is, she says Ron, her, her like fancy photographer fiance, wouldn't come with her. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And then we get Ron Raffelli, who's only with us for one minute to be like. At the time, I was shooting uh, groups like the Beach Boys, Led Zeppelin, the Rolling Stones, the Doors, Jefferson Airplane. And you think I'm going to live up my career and my art and wait on tables? This bitch was fucking crazy. And it's and she totally thought, worth it. Yeah, totally. Because <laughs> she's like, but baby, I really want to join this cult. And he's like, girl, no. I have an amazing career uh-huh. shooting the biggest bands in the world. Do you think I'm going to give up my career and my art to wait on tables? Right. Girl. <laughs> So this is all happening really, really, really fast. And we're going to bring it down a little bit because a lot of these girls were underage. Got to talk about it. Yeah, it's real bad. So the parents were calling the cops and being like, hi, Cindy is up at that crazy house with 140 other hippies. Can you go get her, please? (laughs) She's 12, by the way. Yeah, she's 12. Like, enough. Right. So the cops are like, yeah, hi, there are laws. Mm -hmm. Girls can't do this. The source family was given a warning saying, you know, you can't have minor women here. There's statutory rape laws. And then next morning, Jim decided that any woman that was under 18 who was part of the family had to get married. So now we have photos from Sunflower and Heaven get married in the Source restaurant parking lot in 1971. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, do you get yeah. married wherever the yes. hell you want? However, she was 16. Right. He was very much not. He was like 29. Yes, he was exactly 29. And Nancy, a.k.a. Heaven, she goes, My parents weren't crazy about it. My parents weren't crazy about it. <laughs> they were like, Nancy, get home. Ugh. So then, like, here's why we have all this footage, you guys. Because remember Isis, who yes. was married to the photographer? Yeah. She literally, like, came from the studio to scout for all the Jesuses. Yes. She never left. Right. So she has all of her filming equipment. Yeah. And Jim Baker, not father, not going to do it. <laughs> Jim Baker is like... Father made me the family historian and the temple keeper. I just took my camera, my tape recorder, and... Um, went right into the inner circle. Isis, you are now the family historian <laughs> and also the temple keeper. Because God knows you can't do one without the other, right, obviously. Right, exactly. You can't be the family historian without also being the temple keeper, everybody. But it's a future documentarian's dream come true because we've got pictures and videos of all of this crazy shit. And audio. Yeah. We, we have all of it. And like the weddings were big events, so we have all of this footage. Yeah. They weren't trying to hide anything. No. So this is where we learned TikTok cult o'clock, you yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. We're about to do the food deprivation part. Oh, because yeah. We learned that like their daily routine, they make them wake up at 4 a.m. every day. So sleep deprivation. Yep. They make them go into like an ice cold, freezing cold pool mm-hmm. is, is the first thing that they do. You used to call it a spiritual boot camp. We had a whole exercise regimen that we did, including dips, pull-ups, push-ups on our fingertips. Then they like they march back into their home where they are forced to eat like all kinds of raw food, but like only if it's been cut within 15 minutes. Basically, if it was cut within 15 minutes it was okay but otherwise the life force had drained out of it and then the thing that they have to do is a six second inhalation of marijuana excuse you it's called the sacred herb (laughs) i will not i will not stand for it it's called the sacred herb capital s capital h okay this is the sacred herb man misuses it today 
and then you know they do the star exercise so then he has them doing like yoga they've barely eaten it's four in the morning they're stoned out of their minds and they're all doing this like weird yoga there's video of it you hear them laughing you hear Mm -hmm. them falling over these people are a fucking wreck right and so he like we learn like he'd call them meditations right but he would just like rant and rave so basically again very much like Bikram he just had this captive audience yeah and he just wanted to talk at them right he would like kind of do comedy kind of preach this is the guy who used to karate chop people to death at least two that we know of (laughs) two people judo chop (laughs) to the throat (laughs) done down for the count that's horrifying I cannot imagine it and so it's April 7th 1972 we don't get a lot of dates in this movie so when you get a date you know something terrible is about to happen yeah and let me tell you if you are gonna watch it after we talk about it and you see April 7th 1972 I have to warn you I was not prepared for this same at all same we see a a delivery of a baby yes very close up and this being the first child of mine and the first child in the family there had to be a lot of faith so Heaven had just turned 16. Yes. She was married to Sunflower, who was 28. And she's pregnant. And she's in labor for 22 hours. And like, you can tell right away. You We see pictures of it. We see video, video. of it. She's holding on to Jim Baker, like looking at him like, am I going to die? She's naked, sitting in his lap. He, they're kissing on the lips. Yeah. It's all on film. And this girl, this poor little girl. 16 years fucking old. Is in so much pain. Yes. And she looks so miserable. And she looks terrified because Sunflower, her husband, starts to say like, Now, after 22 hours labor, uh, it was getting a little intense and we were sensing that something was not right. Also, cult o'clock, which we didn't touch on. They're not allowed to have any medicine or go see a doctor or do anything that right. has to do with science. So that is plays a big role in this because no matter what, they're not taking her to a doctor. Like, they're delivering this baby by themselves and if something goes wrong, something goes wrong. Can you imagine our, like, 21 and 45 minutes of labor? You would just be like, can you stop fucking chanting for five minutes? I know. Because you know they're all like, Woo! Shut up, Carla! Carla! I'm, I'm sorry, I mean orbit. Like, <laughs> sorry, I mean, like, space level. Like, whatever. But you guys, we see... Constantly. Constellation, shut up! Constellation, enough! God. (laughs) So this is the thing where I was like, oh my God. Because one, she's 16. And two, I was just not expecting to see crowning. Same, same. Yeah, we full on see this birth. So we get Sunflower. And this, you guys, this is like trigger warning. This is horrific. Yeah. And I'm going to go through it fast because I'm going to give you the spoiler as soon as I possibly can. Totally. It, It works out okay. Yeah, it works out okay. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah. So Sunflower is like... You know, the baby comes and the umbilical cord was wrapped around this poor baby's neck three times. Three times. And it was a stillborn baby. The baby was not alive when when she gave birth to him. So they didn't warn us. This is horrific. But then. But we see the baby come out. Like, that's the thing. And I I texted you immediately before I knew how this ended. (laughs) And I was like, girl, at the 43 minute mark. Holy shit. (laughs) So Jim Baker, according to Sunflower, picks the baby up. And so father picked him up. And he got down on his knees and he said, my God, he said, if you let this child live, I will never speak anything but the word of God so long as I live. And he took a deep breath and he blew it into his mouth. And within five seconds, he came to life. Then he essentially gives the kid mouth to mouth. Right. And the baby lives and he ends up being a very healthy baby for the rest of his life. Yeah. So then Sunflower is like, well, that was a miracle, one of many miracles. And that's why I will follow Jim Baker forever and ever. The whole thing is very upsetting. Go to the doctor, you guys. Go to the doctor. Yeah. So one day, remember the sixth commandment about one man and one woman and all that? Yes. Yeah, out the window. Yeah. One day, Jim <laughs> announces to his 19-year-old wife, Robin, you know what? I'm going to have a bunch of more wives. What do you think about that? Robin was not fucking having it. The day that he came home and announced that he was going to have more than one woman, more than one wife. He asked me what I thought, and I said, I think you're a dirty old man on a lust trip. That's what I think. 
sixth commandment, a man and his woman are one, let nothing separate them. Oh, he so blew that commandment. I think you're a dirty old man on a lust trip. That's what I think. Yeah. And I'm like, Robin girl, accurate. Oh, yeah. And and then we see him, like, just going around asking these other women to, like, come and live with him and be his wives. Right. And one of them is Galaxy, who just turned 17. Again, he's this man is almost 50 years old. Right. He ends up with 13 women. They're all different ages. They all had different roles, which is so gross. So, and Robin's like, look, he used to treat me like the queen of heaven and earth. And one day, like, nope, now he has 13 wives. Right. She says he may as well have skinned me alive. We took a commitment of marriage. And in that commitment, we did not agree to cheat on each other. We did not agree to commit polygamy. We did not agree for him to have sex with underaged women. We did not agree for him to impregnate other women. And then we meet Makushla. Yeah. Who she's like, I was Jim Baker's favorite. I was Mother Angel. And right. even though he was twice my age, he saw me as his mother. Then Makushla's like. It was very hard on Robin. I think it was extremely hard for her to feel secure. It must have been really hard for Robin. Makushla, next. <laughs> next. Makushla, get out of here. Yeah, we're we're team Robin over here, you guys. Right. So now Magus, we keep getting these sprinkles of like what things that Magus didn't like. Yeah. And this is when like what you were saying, like, well, then d- just do something about it. it. He only really did something about it when it affected him personally. Right. Because Magus tells us that they again, they had completely abdicated their right for any medicine. And this I could barely stay in my seat for this. So he had like a young son who had a really bad ear infection. He had a fever of 104 degrees and Magus doesn't get into this, but I will. If you've ever had a kid that has a fever of 104 degrees, I have. Yeah. They they start to like hallucinate. Yeah. It's fucking brutal yeah. to actually see. I mean, for me, it was the most terrified I've ever been in my With life. With the pain of an ear infection? Yeah. But like these fucking idiots are chanting at him, praying at him, and shining lights shining on him. Shining lights on him. And Magus is like, I just want to give my kid some Tylenol and take him to the doctor. He says, I was scared shitless that my kid was going to die. And he could have. And in the minute, in the, all the chanting and the light shining, he picks his kid up. Okay, bye. bye. Magus shaped hole in the door. He is out. He's out of there. Bye. <laughs> so now we're at the mother house, whatever the hell that is, and it was wonderful. So they move from this like big mansion into this three bedroom, three bathroom home for like 180 people. They have to build cubbies. It's it's disgusting. They were like bunks. Yeah. And they were sleeping on top of each other or sleeping for the two hours they were allowed to. Right. And so like after it's just like just like switching gears. Right. <laughs> uh, we learned that Octavius the Aquarian is given 30 grand to take all the musicians out to go buy equipment and they build a soundproof studio in their two car garage where they recorded over 65 albums. You guys, all of a sudden, we're it's a band. And and so, like, Octavius is telling us, like, we were pretty good. And then father, Jim Baker, would come in and he would just, like, start banging on drums and making no sense. And so, you know Octavius was, like, and kind of ruining the whole vibe. <laughs> right, like, we totally. had something kind of cool going on, this psychedelic rock, and he would come in and be like, lights and vampires, <laughs> no medicine, and, and underage girls. It was a different kind of music making than anything I had ever experienced. We'd start off with something that would be going along and Octavius would be playing familiar beats and all of a sudden Father would come in with bam, 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 offbeat, you know, everywhere, whatever he pleased, yelling and screaming. Imagine you have like a cool garage band with your friends in high school and then your dad comes That's in to play. That's one zillion percent <laughs> totally. what it was. Oh, you're like creepy uncle. Totally. Because then all of a sudden, so they're trying to get like a record deal. They can't get a record deal. So what do they do? They start going to play the local high schools. 
This it was this was so insane. The first one we see video of this. They're playing Beverly Hills High, which by the way is where the Menendez brothers went eventually. Yeah, this is 1973. Where is a goddamn teacher? I know because he's like, we hear this is the school with the most consciousness, and I'm like, stay away from the underage girls. <laughs> I know what? that's why you're there. And then it becomes a recruiting meeting. Yes, and, and he he's like he's playing. It's just like psychedelic music playing. It's terrible. And he's literally just an old man banging on a timpani drum. And he's like. I'm the father you wanted, but you never had. But you really do have. He's doing like a spooky ghost voice. Yes. Yeah. You believe in reincarnation, don't you? You will come again, won't you? Oh, yeah. You've always been here. Yeah, I'm the father you all wanted. Never thought you had, but you do have. Who allowed this? I, Who right. booked them? Where is like the a- the nerdy AV teacher who's like, um, excuse me, this isn't allowed, and he'd be absolutely Mr. Tipton, right. can you deal with the band in the parking lot? Um, excuse me, this is not on my clipboard scheduled. I would be like, I would agree. And then this, he really takes a page out of Manson's book because suddenly, you guys, guess what? The end of the world is coming. That train's never late when it's cult o'clock. That train's always right, goddamn yeah, on time. That's Waco. Remember, like you guys, every single cult we've ever covered yeah it sounds a, a, a little strange when i say this now but we really thought armageddon was coming we are now warned in the year 1975 maybe six there will be a nuclear war between three mighty nations we sold our business which was making tons of money and um we just packed up and and left and they decide to sell the restaurant that you guys money hand over fist I know Literally. they sell the restaurant and move to Hawaii and I'm sitting there thinking but where's Goldie gonna get her alfalfa sprouts <laughs> where's Steve McQueen gonna make his own sandwich where <laughs> got nowhere to go <laughs> Uh, you guys, it's January 1975. They moved to Kauai. They're in they're in Hawaii now. Yeah, and they're like, we thought it was going to be all fun and retreats and like Hawaii shit, but Can- no, it was bad. We came thinking that we were going to have this wonderful health spa on this beautiful acres in Kauai. People were going to come from the mainland for retreats. We got there. It was hell. We were not wanted on Kauai. Can we remember that that's where holy hell went? You guys, uh-huh. at some point, there's going to be more cults than that island can sustain. Well, here's the thing. The locals were pissed about it because they yeah. were like, another fucking cult. We've had it. We've had it with all these communes. And someone's like, yeah, there were a lot of hippies on welfare. Yes. And like they spent their money wrong. That's the other thing. Like, remember they had all that money. You guys, they buy a fishing boat, but that's not enough. They buy a plane yeah. to spot the fish. I was like, I don't think that's how fishing. I'm not like an outdoorsy person. Really? But I, I'm, I'm not that. No. No. News, no. Breaking news. Breaking news. I'm not. I don't go fishing all Patrick the time. Patrick likes the inside. <laughs> I don't think that's how fishing works. I don't think you get in the plane and you scream down to the boat. That's where the fish are. Yeah. No. 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 Somebody educate me if I'm wrong. And the locals are like, "Hi." We've right. seen this a hundred times. Get, leave us alone. I know. <laughs> so what happens is like a local newspaper like does a profile on them without their permission. And compares him to, compares Jim Baker to Charles Manson. Right. So Jim Baker calls the newspaper and he's like, girl, I'll give you an interview. Like I'll sit down and talk to you. This is crazy. So they do an interview. Of course, he like does not represent himself well because he's going bananas. Mm-hmm. And so the article gets published and all of a sudden there's gunfire like into their homes. And I'm like, what? Like, again. It went to, it went to 100. It's as though I was in charge. Unreliable narrators. <laughs> yeah. All these people have been doing LSD for 10 years. 
Right. <laughs> but this guy, Jin, is like, hey, man, this is exactly why I dodged the draft, man. Like, I don't want any of this gunfire, man. Right. Like, and just like Jim Jones, we've got Jim Baker, the, the father here, telling his followers on tape, look, if you got to kill him, you got to kill him. Even if you kill him, no one's going to get hurt because right. it's just like an energy transfer. Nobody's going to get hurt, even if they get hurt. I mean, somebody gets killed. It's just release. He's basically gearing his people up for a war. And then he turns on a dime because everything was falling apart. He has too much power. And you guys, Jim was just tired. And yeah. so he tried to like meditate with them and be like, oh, I don't want to. Yeah. Like, he was just over it. And so then eventually he was like, OK, you guys, I taught you everything there is to know. Like, go forth and exist. Like, just leave me alone. I'm over it. He's he, done. All of these men, they get to a certain point of power and they have such responsibility. They don't have the strength to carry it through. And it starts crumbling or, you know, Jim Jones gives everybody Kool-Aid, he did start questioning, well, what do we do now? It kind of came to a point where we weren't moving forward as a family. So then we get another date, which means you know nothing good is about to happen. Right. It's August 25th, 1975 on the island of Lanakai in Hawaii. And we are, all of the followers that are with us today are telling us that like the morning meeting started out normal. And then out of nowhere, this guy Jim Baker decides he's going to go hang gliding that day. Right, and Crazy Makushla is wearing a black dress, and he's like, well, that's appropriate. <laughs> appropriately dressed in black Makushla. <laughs> and I screamed. I screamed because there was just, it just felt like there was an air. It felt like something had come over him. <laughs> this is only natural. For this is a returning to the home of the first golden age. So let's go flying on our dreams. Yeah, he's definitely giving the spoilers, you guys. Yeah, and basically they're like screaming and begging him not to go, like screeching. Yeah. And you hear the audio of it. Right. And to be clear, what he wants to do is go hang gliding and jump off a cliff to his death. And he's making no bones about it. Right. So they decide they're going to escort him to the cliff or whatever. So we're at the cliff. He's getting into a hang glider. He actually says, this is going to be great. The best way to do this is with no instruction. He's yeah. never done this before in his life. He gets into this hang glider. You guys, I talked about this at the top of the episode. He like sits in a chair. I didn't know that that's what hang gliding was. Uh -huh. I thought you like held on and steered. But he basically like sits in this chair and they just push him off. Mercury launched him off. And as soon as Yehoah went off the cliff, this ferocious wind that had been blowing so incredibly strong it was like someone went cut and the wind just stopped. There's no wind apparently because the wind stopped the minute he got up on the cliff. Like who cares? <laughs> and so then he falls. And we see video of him. You guys, there's video of everything. We see video of him just like, and he lands in a community of native, native Hawaiians who are like, can we have a minute of peace without these goddamn hippies? Can you imagine? They're just like, finally, they're not doing anything. Right. And then one lands, the, the one lands right like in your when you're eating breakfast. So he wakes up and he's like, what's happening? He didn't die, you guys. Spoiler, he and, lives. And he sighs like he's disappointed that he's right. awake. Yeah. Why move? If I can't get up on my own power, you know what I mean? And then all these 16-year-old girls are like, can we carry you? They run to him like on the beach. He's uh, he's telling them his back is broken. These poor young girls are just like, but we can, we can, we can carry you. And the audio. It's like clap if you believe. Right. And he's like, oh, I can't get up. And they're like, oh, like they echo his oh. The audio of it is surreal, you guys. It's bizarre. Do you want us to carry you? 
We can carry you. We can carry you. My back is broken, and they're like, "Well, can we heal it? Can't we heal it, Father?" And he's like, "It'll heal, won't it?" And, he, and they, they're like, "No, girl." And so, of course, like now, of course, he wants to go to the hospital because it affects him. So now he wants a doctor. This made me so mad because Macushula or whatever her name is, who's like the head weirdo, yeah, is like. Yehoa asked if he should go to the hospital, and I told him that he could, but if he did, it would be against his beliefs. So he decided not to go. Remember that four-year-old you almost let die yeah. with the ear infection? It kind of looked really bad. We think you do it. It's kind of against your beliefs, right? Remember? And he's yeah. like, "Oh, okay." And then he dies. <laughs> and so, like, <laughs> he they think they take him. He takes a nap and he dies. Like that's kind of that's it. And so they leave him in his natural state so that his soul can look in a river or something, <laughs> and they just leave him there for three days. And they all stare at a dead body with like no chemicals to no. Like it's just a dead body decomposing for three days in the middle of Hawaii in the summer, by the way. And so, like, looking back on the day, like, she says, like, on camera, like, the cause of death is unknown. Right. Here, no broken bones, no in- internal hemorrhaging, nothing, which is weird. It is weird. Somebody just says, like, it was just the time for him to leave the body. And so that was what happened. So, like, the last 15 minutes of this overly long documentary. Truly 15 minutes. I know. They give us, like, the the where are they now of all these people. Right. So, we, we'll go. Well, we'll just pick some gems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I wrote all of them, okay. right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, by 77, like, the family had disbanded. So, yeah. they try to stick it out for a couple years. Can't do it. No. <laughs> um, so, Isis is going through everything she documented. And she goes, you know, he still talks to me. And he says, I haven't released you from your duties yet. You know, he still talks to me. Yeah. And then we meet, we see Omni. He's been with us throughout. You guys, Omni lives in the woods and he's got a stockpile of food for two years and he's not going to fucking tell you where it is. Don't ask Don't him. Don't ask him. <laughs> Survival through the coming years may be challenging. I have a well where I can pump my own water without electricity. I have two years worth of food squirreled away. And I'm not telling you where. He really is a doomsday prepper. Like, he's definitely got, like, one of those sheds in the woods somewhere. Yeah, and I love how so many of these people, they were just like, uh, so-and-so tried a couple other cults before <laughs> finally uh, moving back to Chicago and starting an IT business. Yeah, what's his name? Magus founded a company that recently sold for $60 million. Right. Zinaru or Zinaru is, like, a stem cell research pioneer. Oh, my God. And is the founder and CEO of an international group of stem cell research and treatment corporations. Like, this is amazing. Yes, Magus. Electra and Or. They're the ones who are like, I want my own bed. I actually enjoy paying my taxes. It was a fun story, but I'm over it. Everyone go home. You hear Electra in the end being like, We had all these amazing experiences that I wouldn't trade the world for. Would I do it again? No way. I don't even like having somebody spend the night at my house. I'm not interested in living in a Much less share my bathroom with 40 people. Been there, done that. I like my own toothbrush. And Electro is a life coach now, and Orbit is a quote refugee of corporate America. You know that you let they let them write their own follow up. Orbit is a refugee of corporate America and is the author of a book that instructs the use of the sacred herb. <laughs> the sacred herb. The sacred herb. It's just pot Orbit. Yeah, Damien, who runs the health food store, mm-hmm. in his free time he is a Freemason, a radio show host, an Elvis enthusiast, and a Civil War reenactor. Yeah. <laughs> Heaven became a blackjack dealer. She's now a concierge at a Vegas resort. (laughs) 
And finally, uh, electricity and Harvest Moon work in real estate. And electricity also runs a, runs a spirituality website. Yeah, and they got their business cards on Vistaprint, you guys. Yes. Promo code TCO. I don't give a shit about Jim Baker. Have we have we mentioned that yet? We no. went the whole episode without calling him father anything. I know. Good for us. I know. Hero bells for if us. If I weren't sweating my ass off, I'd high five you. But it's, I don't want to do that to you. We did it. We did it. you guys we did the source family the oh source my family. god from the very beginning we've been we've been asked to do this it's true i'm really glad i was avoiding it i'm really glad we did it i really like this documentary yeah. uh you guys don't forget we're going on tour we still have tickets left in dc and san francisco um san francisco is like less than 10 tickets dc has got like 100 or something so get those tickets if you're coming we've got some really really truly crazy announcements coming up yes, uh, yes, by yes. the end of this month i know we've been teasing it but it's happening it's happening and it's worth it and yeah we're not going to be like oh about that announcement forget it no no, no 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 it's coming it's coming no, we're telling you. Um, also, Lady Pates, you guys, get the Patreon if you want more Jillian and me. Over 100 full bonus episodes to download right this second. Yep. We're covering the Don't F with Cats documentary right now. It is bonkers. Yep, yeah, it's tough. Um, girl, what are we doing next? We are doing Without Charity. Yeah, this is a documentary we've gotten a lot of requests for recently. Yeah, but it's, it's from 2013. Yeah, I know. It's it's a, it's about like this triple murder and did this girl plan it and was she involved or or was she just like a pawn? Okay. And the whole thing. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, we'll do it. Okay, great. Girl, where can they find us? They can find us at truecrimeobsessed.com. Again, you guys, the links, it's crazy. You <laughs> click on the links with words and then you get to, I don't know, our Patreon, mm-hmm. CS Live page, merch, uh, promo codes, the whole nine yards. The whole kid and caboodle. A bunch of lot. Yeah. Um, where can they find me? They can find you at Patrick Hines on Twitter and at Patrick Hines underscore on Instagram. And you're at Jillian with a G on all the things. So much easier. You guys stay tuned for the trailer for Without Charity and then our hilarious and ridiculous outtakes. Oh my God, TM, stay TM, tuned TM. for the ones for this one. It's crazy. I mean, I feel like it's 25 minutes of outtakes. I know. <laughs> we love you. We love you. All right, bye. Bye. Three construction workers were found murdered. Killed execution style. It doesn't happen here. It shouldn't happen here. I want to know why this happened. I want to know who did this. A simple burglary authorities believe started with this woman. 18-year-old Charity Payne led the group of suspects to the Lakeville home. The charity that I saw on the news was not the charity that I knew. She planned it. Not that this would have happened without her. Everybody had their minds made up that she was the ringleader. Mastermind. The attorneys argue Charity Payne was either a pawn or a kingpin. The prosecutor hopes to add three counts of felony murder. People like this just shouldn't be allowed to be on the streets. You have small children. They're never going to know that my dad. They're never going to know their grandpa. (laughs) She was the first one to go to trial, and I knew at that point it was going to be all about someone needs to be punished. they have it figured out for me when people ask questions none of them ever ask the right ones i just have finally a person (laughs) i even have in my notes why is this bothering me so much Oh, we'll get. I have. I have something that's gonna blow your mind about Charles Manson. Are later. you serious? Yeah. Okay, I'm amazing. I'm. <laughs> you are, girl. Do you are do, are you feeling confused and lost? Do you need some validation? I really need a tag, I will, you guys. I will not be your cult leader. I will not do it. 
<laughs> I'm amazing. Owns, it's his store in Hawaii. Would you like to hear their Facebook bio? Yes! Damien has worked as an organic farm inspector since 1994. Karen is a naturopathic doctor and is wonderful. <laughs> Can you stand it? And I love it when you are like, you guys, I swear I'm fun. I swear I'm fun. <laughs> you don't want dirty hippie hands in your salad either. Yeah, I'm calling him Jim Baker throughout this entire documentary. Same Z's. I'm not calling him father. No. Get out of here. <laughs> Ew, beets. Right. Beets always taste like they have dirt on them. Am I wrong? No. Beets are disgusting. Yeah. Steve calls them the candy of the earth. They are disgusting. Steve? I know. <laughs> I've had it. <laughs>